everybody, and welcome to a very special B- Big Nerdy Questions where we have an awesome guest with us. If you want to learn what it is to be funny, well, you won't learn that in this episode, but you will hear from a very funny man. Kevin Guti is the host of Comics Watching Comics, uh, one of the funniest shows on Amazon Prime and a comedian in his own right. Kevin, welcome to Big Nerdy Headquarters. Thanks for being here. Thank you. Thank you. It's goatee like the beard that I won't grow. Goatee. I certainly enough. apologize. <laughs> Sounds like Jar Jar's not the only one who's going to get shot. Indeed. <laughs> uh, <laughs> as you can tell by the laughter, we also have joining us tonight, Ed. Hello, everybody. I'm back. And we have JP. Good evening, everyone. We do want to announce that uh, Callie isn't with us because she has, for the first time in B&Q history, successfully procreated. Yeah! Yeah. Uh, Callie uh, and her wife, Sarah, just recently had their first child, Elliot Gray. Uh, And, of course, since the last name is Toothman, he is being called E.T., and he is being given all the blankets and bicycles. Uh, so, yes, we want to do a special shout-out to Elliot. Uh, thank you, uh, or congratulations, to Callie and Sarah. And we look forward to when you can return to B&Q. But we know that you are your hands are busy with your little bundle of Spielberg joy. So, well done indeed. Now, uh, on to the topic for tonight. Tonight, of course, Kevin is an expert in comedy because on his co- show, Comics Watching Comics... He and a panel of experts evaluate intermediate level comics and decide if they should get a spot in the big time. We'll tell you a little bit more in a minute. So we thought, why don't we do the same thing, but with fictional characters? We're going to discuss which characters would make for great or horrible stand-up comics. But first, of course, we're going to do our Fleetwit question of the week, 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 week. Uh, now, in this segment, we will I will ask the other three panelists, Ed, Kevin, and uh, JP, a trivia question about the topic at hand. And, of course, at the end, I will reveal the answer. So all three will get a chance to guess. This week's trivia question is, of course, about a very famous comedian. But the question is, which one? So here is our Fleetwit question of the week. Which famous comedian once set up a fundraising organization to send money to a leper colony in New Guinea? Was it A, Eddie Murphy, B, Rodney Dangerfield, C, Lenny Bruce, or D, Andrew Dice Clay? Hmm. Ed, I'll start with you. I guess I'll go with Dangerfield because he doesn't get enough respect. So you think maybe mm-hmm. he was giving the, the money to people who didn't get respect at? Okay, I can see that. All right, let's see. Uh, JP, who do your, who are your thoughts? Oh, man. I am going to sound like either a genius or an idiot, but I remember from the song uh, The End of the World as We Know It that Lenny Bruce was not afraid, and I believe he was not afraid to affect positive change. And so I'm going to go with Lenny Bruce. All right. And uh, Kevin? I agree. I think Lenny Bruce is the answer. Uh, Dice Clay was too busy making nursery rhymes that don't hold up in the 21st century, but at the time they were a killer. Uh, Ronnie Dangerfield was too busy getting high. He was my second favorite of all time. <laughs> uh, who was the other one you had mentioned? Eddie Murphy. No, he was too busy getting ready to, to have sex with uh, tranny hookers. So I'm going with Lenny Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> And both of you successfully came to the answer for very different reasons. Uh, sorry, Ed. The answer is Lenny Bruce. 
uh, he did in fact give money to a leper colony in New Guinea. He raised $2,500 and he went to New Guinea, but authorities there saw it as a criminal Ponzi scheme and arrested him. But he got away and moved to Pittsburgh with his wife. Uh, but JP, where can you learn other amazing trivia facts like that one? If you can Google fast enough these days, you can probably succeed on Fleet Wit, but you got to be pretty damn fast. Ah, uh, so it's no joke, though I definitely have had some runs on Fleet Wit that are worthy of some laughs. But enough about that. On Fleet Wit, you can compete in accuracy and speed-based trivia races in a very r- wide range of categories. They get as general or as specific as you could imagine. For example, you can play general trivia, or you can narrow it down to TV trivia, or you can even narrow it all the way down to trivia specifically about the show Seinfeld. Oh, yes. Your expertise in any of these categories can earn you real prizes. And with with free races almost daily, it's like having a 24-7 game show at your fingertips. Fleetwit is playable on just about any computer or mobile device via fleetwit.com, and Apple users can find the Fleetwit mobile app in the App Store. Fleetwit, trivia, puzzles, prizes. Thank you very much, JP, and thank you again, Fleetwit, for helping us bring B&Q to our audience. Uh, So I turn to Kevin for our next segment, which is the Big Nerdy Recommendation. As uh, new listeners uh, might not be, you might not know, but uh, each week on Big Nerdy Questions, we uh, pick a book, game, movie, or some other work that deserves more attention, and we recommend it so that you will pay it that attention. When we have special guests on, they always have the honor of selecting the recommendation. So, Kevin, the honor befalls upon you, sir. Uh, what would I you like to recommend? I'm going to take that honor and run with it. I'm going to give a two recommendations and a negative recommendation if you'd be so kind please we shall start with the positive recommendations video game far cry 5 if you haven't gotten it yet shoot yourself but then before you do that go back in time and play it and then shoot yourself uh it's amazing (laughs) far cry 3 and 4 were amazing i got on the, the train a little bit late but i'm glad i did far cry 5 also equally amazing love it for the story looks really interesting it is. It, it's very much is. And uh, we forget, uh, well, you guys are in North Carolina. This is probably outside of your door going on right now. But we forget up here in the uh, snobby northeast, and uh, I'm actually right by New York City. I'm in Jersey. But we forget how rednecks are a daily part of our lives and uh, how they can uh, sometimes take the word of the gospel and uh, take it deeper than just a book and a fairy tale, in my opinion. But Nonetheless, yeah. uh, it's funny with the uh, storyline of Far Cry 5, the gameplay is fantastic. Not at a continually fantastic saga of games, the Far Cry series, I hereby recommend Far Cry 5. For my film, I shall recommend... <clears throat> I loved Coco. I just saw it the other night. Uh, Pixar, back on its feet after a bumbling Inside Out, which I was not a fan of. I like Coco a lot. A very big twist and turn in the film I did not see coming. Tugs on the heartstrings. Big fan of Coco. Now on digital Blu-ray. And for those of you grandparents who are listening, DVD. (laughs) And my negative recommendation is a book. Now, I'm surprised it's gotten down to this point. But then again, I guess when you go four for four in a series, it's only a matter of time before they start falling off. And that would be... The book is titled called Origin, written by Dan Brown. If you don't know who that is, well, oh. this 
number five in the Robert Langdon series. And boys, this one goes under the who gives a, who gives an S uh, category. This book was terrible. Uh, I did not care. Very little action. Very little twists and turns. I was not a fan uh, of this book whatsoever. I will be selling it back to Amazon and hopefully recuperating all, all but $3 back for me selling it back to Amazon. Not a fan. Also not a fan of the last uh, Robert Langdon film. Terrible. So hopefully they make that Lost Symbol book a film, get back into the swing of things, and he takes a, uh, a second from counting his Scrooge McDuck piles of money and gets back on task and writes another fantastic novel. But I will not recommend Origin by Dan Brown. And that's a shame because despite some of the ahistoric parts of the others, they are a fun romp. Uh, yeah, I have a love-hate relationship with those books because I am a historian. But that's my profession as an archivist historian. So love-hate relationship, but they're a lot of fun. Uh, but it's it's a shame to hear that Origin isn't. Nope. Swing and a miss. But, again, no one is bats a thousand, even Babe Ruth, the greatest baseball player ever. So Absolutely. Not even Ted Williams may his head rest in a freezer somewhere. Well, Babe Ruth is still the best baseball player. Please don't put Ted Williams and Babe Ruth in the same season. Oh, Thank uh, you. No, I, I'm not. I'm not. Babe Ruth is a much better player. Uh, if my father-in-law knew that I was showing any any love at all to the Red Sox, he would disown me. So, yes, of course, the Babe Ruth is a much better player. And may the Red Sox uh, burn in hell for all eternity. We I, completely agree on that. Uh, so, and I, I have no stake in the game anyway since there's no baseball team in North Carolina worth a damn, uh, aside from the Durham the Bulls. The Durham Bulls don't get you Yo. excited. Yo. I mean, I like the Durham Bulls, but they're not Major League Baseball is what I'm saying. Uh, they made a movie with them. They are. Yep. Uh, but, oh, oh, anyway, the Durham Bulls are awesome. They're not Major Leagues. Maybe they will be someday, but... For now. No, they won't. They'll be the Tampa, they'll, they'll be the Tampa Bay of Philly, but that's fine. You're a Durham Bulls fan. We got you. No problem. It, yes. I, I I believe they're currently the defending AAA champions. I think so. Yeah. Wow. Schooled. Now, what do you think <laughs> of that, Josh? <laughs> I, I'm going to get shot multiple times. I'm going to get shot, brought back from the dead, and shot again. So, you know, it's a... I'm looking forward to that, actually. It should be a fun experience. Uh, but speaking of fun experiences... I think people right. watching your show on Amazon Prime have a lot of fun, and it's, you guys clearly have a lot of fun commenting on it. So for those of our listeners who don't know what Comics Watching Comics is about, can you give them a, a brief spiel on, as to why it's the best show on Amazon Prime? Well, because I did it, and obviously I touched everything turns to gold. Duh. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Kevin <laughs> Midas. Kevin Midas here, everyone. <laughs> Comics Watching Comics is a much better version, in my opinion, of Last Comic Standing. Why? Because we don't do the kiss-assiness that Last Comic Standing did, where everyone was great, except for Norm MacDonald. He was the only panelist uh, in the last few seasons that was real. Uh, this show takes a look at intermediate comics, and uh, it shows kind of a little bit of maybe of the journey they're on, as well as some of the panelists that are on the show some of the things and stories they've uh, experienced, I like to have them share, and you do see that in the show. Uh, if you want to have a description, take Last Comic Standing and, and Mystery Science Theater 3000, and boom, that's my show. Uh, I think it's I, – I, and also for the general public, for those of you not in comedy, I think before you had mentioned you want to learn how to get funny, I'm, I'm not the guy to – believe me, I'm not the beacon or the teacher to show you how to get funny. I'm not – believe me, I'm not. We are here to help – we can help out potential comedians with what to do, what not to do, but – we're, we're the, really, the idea of the show is just showing the general public what it's like, you know, in comedy, maybe a little bit of the journey that's involved. Because 
anytime if you ever find someone in your daily travels when you find they're a comedian, do not a ask them to tell you a joke. That's insulting. Uh, and B, do not say, yo, you know what you should do? You should go on The Tonight Show. Yeah, no kidding. That's the goal. That would be me going to you going, uh, what are you, in marketing? Oh, why aren't you the CEO now? So that's uh, that's me on a soapbox for a hot second. Let me step off there. Comics <laughs> on the Comics <laughs> is uh, five seasons on Amazon right now. Six Season six should be up any minute as soon as Amazon stops busting my stones about the uh, technical specifications that are perfect. But they keep setting it back for whatever reason. But no, so let me give you the rundown real fast. Comics, watching comics, we watch 25 comics per episode. And we have uh, myself, three panelists, and the master panelist, Jeffrey Gurian. We watch, we critique, we laugh, we bust balls with each other and the comics. We, you know, we offer advice. And, but if they're terrible, we, uh, we take a steaming dump on them. We've been known to do that on the comics. At the end of each season, we pick a winner. And the winner performs at a showcase at Gotham Comedy Club in New York City. That episode will also air shortly on Amazon Video. The twist of the show is this. The home audience plays along, too. They're going to vote on their favorite panelists that they want to see come and uh, come back to the following episode. So it's kind of like social retiring, the social media aspect of retiring, and uh, just a, a lot of different things, just trying to get everyone involved every which way. So that's the, uh, the spiel on the show. And it is a truly, uh, it's funny because the, the comedians, or the comics, I apologize, the comics are, are uh, well, they're usually cool. quite funny. And if they're not, you guys are funny and telling us why they're not funny. But it's also <laughs> really interesting learning about the behind the scenes of the comic world because uh, there's a lot more to it than what the general public would just think of as, oh, it's a great gig. You just get to go and tell stories. It's, no, it's, it's not that simple. Uh, no. Uh, so... Is there been a moment when you're watching these comics and you're thinking either this person is going to be a megastar or how did this person ever get so deluded to think they should be in this business? Every single day. Every time I'm watching, because I get all the videos for submissions, uh, and when I watch the tapings, because I'm there, obviously, uh, hosting the comics when they perform, uh, I have picked the winner, let me think, one, uh, two, three, Three, four, hold on a second, four, five, six times. I have picked the winner, I'm sorry, five out of the seven episodes with panels we've taken. I picked the winner five out of seven times. I knew it just from sitting there. I knew that was going to, I knew they were going to win. So, uh, yeah, I mean, and I also know when I go up there and I'm watching the tapes, I'm, I'm like, yeah, this person's just going to eat shit. Uh This person's going to be horrible. <laughs> you you guys, I mean, sure, if you guys watch the show, you can tell in 30 seconds who's good and who's not. Oh, absolutely. Not uh, even 30. I would even dare say 15, 20 seconds you'll be able to figure it out really fast. There's a certain, I don't know the, the word for it, but there's a certain interaction with the audience, a certain presence. It's not just charisma, but you can tell off the bat this person's got it. Yeah, it's po it's really being polished. You can just t you you can totally tell um, who's got it and who's not. Now I, I I I'm interested because you have this skill where you you got well this what you do is you evaluate these comics. When you watch more famous comics do sets, are you thinking in your mind the same kind of critiques like, and eh, this could be better, this could be worse? Yes, absolutely. Uh, my my in-law, my father-in-law, was like, you got to watch this special. And I'm watching, and I'm and not even kidding you guys, three, five, three to five minutes in, I'm already going, 
All right, here's the problem, and I'm just pulling apart all the different things that are just driving me nuts about this guy. And and my wife said, can we just watch this without you doing your show for everybody right now? I mean, it's Christmas, for Christ's sakes. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Happens quite often. I mean, I, I understand just because, like I said a second ago, it's it's a different kind of thing. But when I see something that's supposed to be his, historical – I immediately I can't just have fun with it and let myself, you know, let my mind go. I immediately start thinking William Wallace wasn't like that or whatever the example may be, but it's like it start breaking down all the different ways that this is wrong. And same thing if I if I'm reading a historical monograph or an article I'm like this is wrong, this is wrong, you know, I can't just read it for the sake of reading it conditioned and uh I think it's the same way that you know all of us are who are on the show watch some of our nerdy shows. It's sometimes if we really know the content, and I'm really bad with this with Star Trek. I freely admit it. I, if I re- I'm really like the content, but then I'm like, well, wait a second, this contradicts what happened two seasons ago, and there's a problem with the structure of this episode. It's clearly not doing the right rising action, and it's like, okay, stop, just stop doing this. Uh, so I definitely can see how being in this world constantly. <laughs> Uh, you get an, both an appreciation, but also your the curse of you can break down everything extremely quickly. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's you know you get an eye for it, you know what you like. Again, I know a lot of obviously comedy is subjective, so just because I don't think something's funny doesn't mean that you guys can't think something's funny. But there are certain things where it's just like, hold on, that didn't make sense. That that didn't happen. There's one thing. Uh, one of my favorite panelists yell out Gino Visconti, who's in season five. Uh, and Richie Redding also, uh, another guy, he'll yell, the, you take, once he's out of it, if, if he doesn't believe you, he's out of it, you're, you're set for good. And uh, so, yeah, those are just a few of the things that we uh, were kind of nitpicky on, if you will. It makes a lot of sense. Uh, absolutely. Uh, JP, I know what was you... Your, what, what, what was your favorite part of the show, if you don't mind me asking? You said you, said, you, said you watched it what, and you liked it. What did you like about it? What didn't you like about it? Well, I, I think I like most of the segments. I really do. I especially like the panel critiquing i think that you know both when it's positive and negative because i always like getting a behind the scenes window into a world and like you said it's a behind the scenes window into the world uh so i definitely like that part of it and your expert panelist is also quite (laughs) quite an interesting man uh and i really like his observations uh so yeah i think i mean obviously i like watching the upcoming comics as well for both for good or ill, but I really enjoy the panel segments. They're they're a lot of fun, and I think that's what sets your show aside from every other comedy show uh, or show about comics that I've seen. Like you said, it's a very real observation. You don't sugarcoat it. You don't kiss ass. You're not brown-nosing. Uh, you're not being mean just to be mean like some of the reality right. shows. You're just telling it straight, and I appreciate that. You can tell you're authentic. Oh, thanks. Yeah, we uh, – look – if you if you're great, you know it. You're great. If you're you know a little tweak, we'll give you. We gladly help, got advice, and then. Uh, but if you're awful, we have the uh, the stones to tell you. Which uh, which season did you watch? I'm just trying to. You said you like the panels. Which season did you watch? So I just uh, I'm curious to know which panels you like. A few weeks ago, I think it was one of the ones from season four with uh, Amy, Sean, and Jim. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's it. Cool. Yeah, that was a great one. Sean and, and Jim and Amy—they were fantastic. I, season four is one of my favorites. That's yeah, for sure. It was. It was really great work. And of course, you were just as funny as everyone else. So, 
Uh, funnier, excuse me. I'm well, I, I apologize, <laughs> yes. That's what I meant to say, Kevin. That's what I meant Just to say. <laughs> I'm going to get a shot again. God, three bullet holes. Call the ME now. Uh, JP, uh, would you like to ask Kevin some questions real quick? Yeah. Um. <laughs> All right. They don't yeah. have to be uh, Hulk Hogan specific. <laughs> what? No. Pork chops. Okay, next question. There we go. There we go. Sounds good. Um, so, in keeping with the theme of the brutal honesty that you give to uh, comedians that you you do not find funny, um, is what happens off the camera the same as what happens on the camera? Do you actually just tell those guys to buzz off, or do you, or or once the show is over, do you actually uh, coach them up a little bit? No. Uh, what do you wait? Hold on. Let me make sure I'm answering your question the way you're intending to be answered. You're asking, do we talk to the people after the show, like the comedians? After? Yes. No, we don't, but I think I'm going to try and get a podcast going about the show where I have people back on who did well, who didn't do well, and do that. Um, we do sure. have – I do give everybody the option to do a, an answer back video. Uh, if they don't like the review or if they like the review, they can make a, a video, and, post, and I'll post it right on our YouTube page. Uh, and they can they can answer the panel any way they they see fit. But we don't specifically reach out to every individual on the show and let them know here's what you can do, here's what you shouldn't do, yeah, here's what you're doing. That's, that's they're not sending good. in the submissions. Jimmy, you're watching it on tape. It's not like you're watching it on the stage. No, they send me the, they send me their best five minutes. Yeah. Okay. And if if their best five minutes end up being dog poo, then well, that's a problem. Well, here's the thing. If they send me, so then they get. So here's how the process works. They send me their tape, and I invite them if I if I want to have them on or not. Like when you're on the show, when you have any show, it's like a bell curve. Remember in school, so some kids are gonna get A's, a lot of them get C's, and some kids are gonna get F's. Like that's what this show is. So I have a, a very uh, a variating bell curve. Some people are great. Some people are most will be mediocre, and some are just god awful. So I essentially add, I add everybody of all skill sets onto the show, so everyone can see that it's not just mediocrity, or it's just not awful people, or it's just not ringers. You know, well, just, you don't stack the com- deck. But this is what comedy is like. You go to any show any night, you can see two guys bomb. You can see two guys do, uh, you know, do great. You can see two guys smoke, you know, and crush it, you know. So that, that's what I'm showing you here at the show. Well, absolutely, because cool. like when you watch a show like Idol for Singing or America's Got Talent or something like that, they only show either the very best or the very worst, and you you are again authentic and honest and showing the more, the bell curve of the comics, which I appreciated very much. Thank you. Ed, would you like to ask right. anything? Um, okay. Uh, in your opinion, who do you think is the most overrated and most underrated uh, professional comic going right now? Oh my God! Overrated. The list goes on. Uh, <laughs> Aziz Ansari is insane, insanely overrated. So is Kevin Hart. Again, humor is subjective, but I, I, ju- I just don't get either of those two. Kevin Hart makes a, sh- a ton of films. I think he's the emperor's new clothes. As is Aziz Ansari. Uh, I think this person I say is underrated because he's not on the level of those two. But his joke writing is so insanely great, and he's, I've never seen him fall less than a nine on the old one to ten. And that's David Tell. He's my all-time favorite. I just that. If you listen to comics podcasts as much as I do, a comedian's podcast, all the comics, what they do, of course, you know, from beginning to uh, professionals, a lot of them would just go in in the back and talk and hang out and talk with their friends. But no no matter who it is, pro or even brand new, but especially the pros, 
the, all the pros stop and they go and watch Attell when he's on stage. That's how great he is. Huh. I'm going to be honest. Sure. I haven't seen him since he had that show on uh, Insomniac. Insomniac. Yeah, I used to great watch show. that. The best comedy CD of all time is his called Skanks for the Memories. I dare you to. I dare you <laughs> not to you know, piss your pants with that. I dare you. <laughs> I'm writing this down now. As you should. So I, I've got a, I've got a question I'd like to ask. Uh, Fire away. A little, little bit more personal. Um, so you you mentioned earlier on the show that you are 41. Yes. And um, this is probably not not a fair assessment, but and looking and looking for videos of you doing stand up. I uh, most of the things I've found come from about 2015 to more recently. Yep. Is has this been what you've done for most of your adult life, or did you uh, transition out of a different career when you realized that you need to be, that you were going to be a comic? I started late. I started when I was thirty three. I started in two thousand nine. I'm still am in this horrible corporate America world, uh, but this is me trying to break out of it. So I got a late start in life. That's why you're not seeing stuff from I don't know early two thousands, late nineties. That's why. Certainly. Certainly. <laughs> gives me some hope. Well, I'll go ahead and ask you, what is your corporate job? Medical sales. Yuck. I used, to be, uh, I used to be in pharma and diagnostics, all that. All that. I, do, I do diagnostic sales now. I also do voiceover work as well, uh, trying to do acting, but uh, commercial acting. But right now it's just pretty. It's medical sales and voiceover. And then the show and a couple other things, another couple other shows I'm working on as well. So trying to break out of the matrix, boys. Nice. Well, that was a... That was, uh... That's about it for questions that I have. Sure. Ed or Josh? Uh, I don't know of anything offhand that hasn't been addressed yet. So for those of us who are also trying to break out of the Matrix and have a an interest in comedy or another kind of performance, is there any advice you want to give us? I know the typical advice is don't try it, but if you're, if you're stubborn as hell and want to go for it, what would you like to tell them? Don't wait for a... Uh, uh, a magical being in the sky or a fairy godmother to grant your wish to make whatever you want to happen, happen. You go out, you really have to go out and do it. Uh, and there are so many pieces of advice I can give having people, you know, be bold, ask anybody, ask all your friends, Hey, who do you know that can help me do blah, 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 blah. Put it on Facebook, put it on your social media. You'd be surprised. People are very willing to help you on your own Facebook. You never knew who they know. Or they may be able to go, oh, I know a guy who knows a guy, and then they'll be able to do it that way. So be bold. Just do not rest. Remember, no one gives a, a you-know-what about your own product like you do. So you just have to be you have to be the CEO and do everything. There will be a lot of unpaid uh, hours, weekends, nights, you know, doing this stuff. But if you believe in it, if it's good, uh, people will want to help you out, even for free. I've got people helping me out doing things for free. Uh, just because they want to be part of something uh, ground floor, because they really think it, it can take off. So that's uh, those are some pieces of advice that I have for you, uh, Josh. Well, thank you, and, and and for our listeners as well. So yeah, obviously, sure. we've worked to get this podcast off the ground. We don't have as many listeners as we'd like, but we do have a sponsor, like you heard earlier, and uh, we're doing well on that front. We've got we've been downloaded on every continent except Antarctica. When working on that. Uh, so, you know. so, so yeah, on, on Facebook, we're doing you it. You guys know somebody that's, that's, uh, in Antarctica, <laughs> you know, Hey, just, uh, tell them to go ahead and go to Podbean and download our podcast. All right, guys. Yeah, exactly. If you know someone who works at McMurdo station and they're probably bored as hell, send them an episode of B and Q. We'll do an episode about penguins. 
just for the hell of it, if they want us to. But we want to get that seventh continent. Then we will have the entire Infinity Gauntlet. Uh, so, absolutely. Thank you for the advice, Kevin. And now for something completely different. Uh, well, before I say that, one more time, you should obviously go watch Comics Watching Comics on Amazon Prime. If you don't have Prime membership, you can also buy the episodes individually or by the season. And it's worth the investment. It truly is. I mean, Prime is worth the investment as a whole for all the content you can get on Amazon, just for Comics Watching Comics alone, but especially for Comics Watching Comics. Uh, but you can also buy individual episodes, and you really should. And if you want to check out the trailers uh, for the different seasons, they're on YouTube as well. And they also have a YouTube channel, right, Kevin? Uh, so, Correct. Uh, so there is so much content that you will... You know, you be laughing for days. Uh, <laughs> at least that's the hope. Sell, I love it. Hey, if I'm gonna sell, I'm gonna sell for you too, sir. Uh, so, so absolutely, it's a fantastic show, and you, everyone who's listening, will obviously want to check it out. So now for something completely different. So as we all know on Big Nerdy Questions, we like thinking about our favorite characters in odd ways. No one will ever forget the time that JP decided that SpongeBob SquarePants and Barney the Dinosaur were worthy of Thor's hammer. No, um, and that's purely because you won't let me. Tonight we're going to look at our characters in another way. We're going to decide which characters would make for great or horrible comics. There is no other guideline here. It can be any fictional character whatsoever from any franchise or work. Just simply why they would be a great comic or why they would make for a horrible comic. And, uh, Ed, I will start with you. Um, I will start with a character I think would be a uh, pretty decent comic, or relatively funny. Uh, any of the listeners know, uh, any of the long-time listeners know, that one of my favorite franchises in video games is the Uncharted series. Uh, I think Nathan Drake would just be freaking hilarious as a comic. Uh, oh, oh, oh. Right? <laughs> I mean, he, he's, uh... He's just a naturally funny guy, even when he's not telling jokes. If you've played any of the games, you know this. And uh, he would have anecdotes for days, and he's just a funny freaking dude. And I'd like to open this up for discussion. Uh, well, Josh, I know you've played. Uh, or JP, I know you've played. I don't know. Yeah, the Uncharted series, I've watched a lot of it. and it, Well, not a lot of it, but I've watched a good deal. And Nathan Drake does have the sort of panache and polish and timing that would make for a good comic i think but uh, i completely agree uh, i he, think oh, go ahead no no you go ahead i was gonna say i i completely agree with that assessment he's uh be, beyond the ability to tell good jokes he's also got a very quick wit and uh he's extremely good in the face of adversity as we can clearly demonstrate without losing his cool which I think are all very good uh, qualities for maybe uh, handling hecklers on an off night, for example. Um, and that being said, some of the jokes he cracks are actually really good, too. So I, I agree completely that, uh, Nathan, that, that Nathan Drake would be a really good choice. Okay, well, that's my first submission. I think he has <laughs> enough presence. Uh, Kevin, have you played the, that series? I have them all. I would disagree. I think Nathan Drake's are pretty much a, uh, a cut and dry fellow. Nothing, not too much. The jokes were okay. Nothing special. Uh, okay. I, I don't think he'd be a good comedian. I hate to, sh- I hate to poop on your point, but I'm going to. <laughs> no, that's uh, why yeah. we're here. This I is- nominate. How many do I have? Do I, are we doing two rounds? You said each, or just do yeah. one now and one later? Uh, you can go ahead and do a couple of them now if you want. 
So go ahead. All sorry. right, here you go. I'm going to say the obvious. Han Solo, where are you? What's going on here? Why are we taking that long to get to him? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Han Solo, I mean, what more do you want? The guy's quick as a way. He's great with the ladies. Uh, unlike most comics, and I'll put myself in there, uh, he's a good-looking fella. Most comics are mutants, as we all know. Uh, so, you know, and he knows how to throw a punch, unlike most comics. So, look, Han Solo would be a great comic, uh, very quick-witted, very, uh, very adaptable. If you would ever, if someone were to try and heckle him before, of course, they'd be shot, just ask Greedo. He would be insanely quick with that wit before he pulled up the old blaster and took care of business. Uh, I say I nominate Han Solo. That's a great choice. I, I was considering him myself. Uh, so, yeah, I would absolutely agree with Han Solo. He's also got the best bouncer in the world with Chewie. So if things yeah. do go wrong, things are covered. He, he, it's on right a on. lockdown. Uh, so, because you're going to have that one heckler who's like, uh, that's a unit of distance, not a unit of time. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Where's the parsec? Where's Kessel? Exactly. <laughs> Where's my son's lightsaber? Oh, wait. Yeah, it's in my oh. stomach. <laughs> <laughs> it was in your wife last night. Oh! oh. <laughs> wow. Now we're talking. <laughs> this is the Westerosi side of the galaxy. <laughs> A whole crowd of huts watching Han Solo perform comedy. Oh, oh, oh. There you go. <laughs> if you do not laugh five times, you will be fed to the Rancor. There you go. What, uh, do I get another one or, or, or sure. you, does uh, something else go? We can, uh, we can get, well, we can keep going around the circle and come back. We might do more than two rounds. This is going quicker. Uh, JP, right. who's your first pick? Uh, I, I mean, we, we, we're going to talk about the uh, the obvious choices here. Uh, one way or the other, this guy's definitely worth talking about. Let's talk about the Joker. He oh. was a, he was a stand up comic in the in, in the uh, yeah in, 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 in the Killing uh, Joke. In the Killing Joke, he is a stand up comic, and that's his origin story. Uh, yep. Of course, the origin story changes for the Joker as is the nature yeah. of the character. But yeah, well, <laughs> I want to hear your your side of it, JP, because I I'm not sure yet. Do you think the Joker would be a good or a bad comic as he is? portrayed in most of the works he he would certainly know how to hold a captive audience um yeah literally <laughs> he would literally hold the audience captive thank 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 you josh that was the joke uh, yeah. <laughs> <Zing>. so, <laughs> um so yeah he there's no one with the quicker wit and uh less of a care for what others think than the joker um, would he be a good comic? I don't know. I mean, some of his jokes are just awful. <laughs> well, the uh, one in the Killing Joke was pretty damn good. Yes. Yeah. Now, I'm not going to say that all of his jokes were awful, but uh, a lot, a lot of them are. A lot of them are just some of the worst groan-worthy puns that uh, that I've ever heard in my life. And, and you're on a show includes, with me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I'm saying that being on a show with the Josh Hager. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I don't I don't actually think that the Joker would make a very good stand up comic, but he he would uh, he he would try, and I I I think he's worth talking about. I think he would get laughter by attrition. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he would force you to freaking laugh. He would be effective. Yes, or the gas, or the yeah. gas. He's been yep, known the to gas. Do. Uh, Mark Hamill Joker, I think, would be a good comic. Jared, Jared Leto Joker, not so much. 
Yuck. Heath, Heath Ledger Joker, even uh, one of the best Jokers ever made, but probably no, the best Joker ever made. Let's get that yeah. out. There. Yeah, Jack Nicholson yeah. Joker, I could see. Heath Ledger yeah, Joker, Romero, no. Man. Oh yeah, yeah. But when you, I mean, I think when the Mark Hamill Joker would make for the best comic of the bunch. What were you going to say about the Caesar Romero Joker, though? I think he was pretty funny. He was too stage actory for me, which obviously what Romero did. But yeah, I, I just have a hard time taking a Joker seriously who has a dyed uh, his mustache, mustache, six inches of makeup. So I, it, I, I think it fit. The, I think it fit the tone of the show. Oh, hundred percent. Oh, pure campiness? No, I'll, I'll buy that. Yeah. yeah. Again, yeah. Uh, and that may be an effective comic for his time, although, you know, comedy is subjective. Certain things, you look back on some of the comedy from the 60s and you're like, really? Really? That? Uh, okay. That, sure. Try, try 80s or 90s or even to early 2000s. You're like, ugh. You're right. <laughs> yeah. Bobcat, Goldthwait, Gallagher. Oh, come uh, on. Sid from Police Academy? How dare hey. you? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, Bobcat Goldthwait is now a recurring panelist on NPR's Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. God, he is. As is Paula <laughs> Poundstone. <laughs> Funny. Uh, I got one easy one. I'm going to do a, a, a deep pull, a deep cut. You ready? Sure. The obvious one is Deadpool. Yes. Uh, see, that is why I really wish Matt could have made it on this show. He's a Deadpool is, fanatic. Is, he actually collected yeah, the first that's an issues. Easy one. But yeah. here's my deep cut. Ready? Jack Burton from Big Trouble in Little China. Nice. Another. He's also in the same vein as Han Solo. By the way, fun fact: Kurt Russell screen tested for Han Solo along with Christopher Walken. But uh, Kurt Russell, Big Jack Burton, uh, no cooler. One of the top ten coolest heroes. In a film, I think he would just be, you know, again, laugh off any hecklers, smoke a cigarette on stage, uh, and, and, and he's got some lines in there. That's for sure. Uh, Jack Burton as my vote. I like that one. I like that pick. Thank uh, you. So my first pick for who would be a good comic is uh, Rocket Raccoon. Mm. Oh, yeah. Mm. Uh, I, I just think that he'd be hilarious. Uh, I think that he'd have a presence you can't help but look at a talking, sarcastic raccoon. Again, especially if he's paired as a dual act with Groot or Drax. I, I think that... Comedy can... duos suck, though. That's the, pro- that's the problem. They, they do. But I think... Just ask the Scar- Sklar brothers. Ooh. <laughs> uh, I, I think Rocket on his own could handle a show, though. I think he could ha- handle an audience. What do you think about Rocket, Kevin? You know, I hate the Guardians of the Galaxy films. I despise them. I find, I do not find, I hated them. The second one's awful. The first one is overrated, insanely overrated. Uh, he's just one of those characters who tries too hard. I'm going to give an example. I love American Pie 1 and 2. And in fact, I think, there you go, Stifler for American Pie 1 and 2. Amazing. But in 3, he was trying too hard. Like, it's forcing the old square peg in a round hole. I did not like that role, I don't like that script that he did for that one. Uh, but I, that's what I think. Rocket Raccoon is. I think he's just. I think he's just trying to shoehorn in jokes. It's not natural for him. It's just like he's just firing out lines and seeing what sticks to the wall. Uh, and, and, and yeah, he's not. A, he's, yeah, he's not a contact hitter. That's for sure. Hmm. I see that point. I do. I have failed. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, let's see. Uh, Ed, do you have another pick? Yeah, this one's going to the other end of the spectrum, though. And it uh, should be obvious to any long-time listener who we think is about the worst character in uh, fiction. I think that Jar Jar Binks would be the worst comic ever. It'd be an alt, it'd be an alt comic. An yeah. alt comic? Yeah, that's like the uh, the dopey insane, like the dopey kind of jokes, the puns, the wordplay. But do you think he could pull that off? Uh, no, of course not. Uh, I think he's terrible. That'd be, <laughs> yeah, he'd probably be the worst. <laughs> he, I, I think he's one of those guys who thinks he's funny, and he's just you know maybe the fifth funniest, funniest guy in his office. That's like Jar Jar Binks to me. <laughs> it's it just his entire presence on screen in any of the films was just grating as a viewer and i don't know how george lucas thought that was going to appeal to children or whatever but it just it did not freaking work and uh i think that character would be god awful as an entertainer in any way shape or form uh, yeah i right. could see that uh, it, that would be horrible i i oof. Just, yeah. just the just the thought of it is just. <laughs> he, he could tell great stories about that one time he elected to give the Supreme Chancellor emergency powers and how well that worked out for everybody. Poorly, just poorly. Uh, you know, I, I see if I can re- redeem myself with another, another choice. I uh, thinking back, obviously, couple that I'm rattling around with, uh, but I'm gonna go for a deeper cut. I think that. Uh, CJ from the West Wing. Oh yes, would be a hilarious comedian or uh, comic. You know, she has the the stage presence is made clear by being the press secretary, uh, ability to handle a crowd, very quick witted, always quick with the uh, witticisms and the acerbicness, but uh, also it's just insanely intelligent. So. I think that she might have a, a good shot at it. JP, I, you I, seem to agree. Oh, I, I do, um, in, in, in a way. Uh, she's she, Everything that you said, there's not really much more I can add to it. I, I remember she always had something to say at, at, at her press briefings where, you know, an example of that is like, okay, and this is what's happening, and we'll have this plus the rest of today's highlights at 5 o'clock at our next briefing. And, she, yeah, she's... Yeah, everything you said, man. She's she's great. Yeah. Uh, Kevin, are, did you see The West Wing? No, I have not. Okay. Dang it. <laughs> I went <laughs> I'm for, out of this one. I'm I went for a too. deep cut. I, I think that she'd be good. I hope. So if you ever watched The West Wing, let me know if I made a good choice. It's Alice and Janney's character from The West Wing. I see. Yeah. Um, Alice and Janney and Aaron Sorkin combined. I think you've got a good 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 possibilities there. Uh, for some interesting thoughts. Mm-hmm. I mean, there, we could always go with the uh, some of the worst co- uh, possible comics. Let's see, anything Eddie Murphy's been in for the past ten years? Adam <laughs> Sandler. Ten. Okay, more oh, than yeah. I was I'm being generous. Say. I was being generous. Way generous. Yeah, I, I don't say, remember the last good Eddie Murphy movie I watched in theaters. Yeah, I mean, Nutty Professor 2 was more than 10 years old. Pluto Nash is more than 10 years old. Ugh. Bowfinger, also bad. Oh, that's right. He was in that. Oh, what wow. was the, uh, uh, he was, God, he was in that Haunted Mansion thing on Disney. Remember that? Sure. Indeed he was. Oh, man. Ugh. 
No, I, I think Adam Sandler just needs to stop. Not happening. Not when he keeps churning out millions of dollars nope. for Netflix with those awful films. No, nope. true. Just like, but I, speaking of haunted, I do think one of the worst possible comics would be Casper the Friendly Ghost. <laughs> Come on, man. I, I, here, here you go. But no, I'll tell you why. You're, I'll tell you why that I disagree. He would crush, crush any family-friendly shows, school shows. Uh, charity events, fundraisers, squeaky clean jokes like that. He'd be the next Brian Regan. Disagree. Oh, I am a horrible judge of talent. Is what I'm learning. <laughs> <laughs> nope, here, here it goes. He would, he would own the clean scene, which is there's way more money in the clean scene. Uh, cruise ships, like I said, kids' birthday parties, everything. He would be in the Scrooge McDuck bank vault before you know it. I've got another another terrible comic right here. Uh, and I might be the only one here that watched this, but from the show Ed, Ed, and Eddie, the character Plank. Worst comic <laughs> ever. Oh, yeah, come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that one almost too obvious? <laughs> <laughs> They'll never expect. It's that- true. JP, I want to ask you pointedly, because we, you okay. are our Simpsons expert. Oh, I am too. Let's go. So... Which Simpsons character would be the best comic and which would be the worst comic? Um, well, the worst one, I, I think it's objective that the worst one is Rainier Wolfcastle with the McBain, uh, oh gosh, what was the name of that movie that he did where he was a comic that blew the whole place up? <laughs> I can't remember. I know I've seen the episode you're talking about. Oh, of course. <sighs> um, I mean, I don't remember the name title, but yeah, I, I remember that. Um, yeah, that's the joke. <laughs> <laughs> But the 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 best comic in my opinion, um, jeez, oh, Ralph Wiggum. <laughs> I was going to say Chief Wiggum, so all right, not a bad one. Too. Both both of those are excellent choices. Uh, golly, who who would who would be really oh, wait, good? Wait, 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 we almost forgot the Spanish beat. Oh yeah, Ay, caramba. <laughs> well, sideshow Bob could be not a comic. in <laughs> very. Odd as a sideshow Cecil. <laughs> yes. All right. Um. I, I. I. Golly. I think the best comic it on purpose. Let's be clear. Um. The best comic on purpose would would probably be uh, Troy McClure. Amazing choice. Yes. Yeah. I could see that. But the the best comedian by accident, kind of like when Bart, you know, didn't do it. Uh, definitely. Any anything. Anytime Ralph Wiggum opens his mouth, it's it's just pure gold. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, it's it's got to be Ralph. What do you think about Patty Bouvier as just the a very very sarcastic, like heckling, mean comic? She she'd be great. She'd be like, kind of like Carlin. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Like just uh, just or, acerbic or like, and like, yeah, like, like B. Arthur. Was B. Author a, a a comic? No, but oh, okay. her character her, her character on Golden Girls did do a set. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, nicely done. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I for some reason I, she stuck out and me like yeah, I, she might work. I mean she doesn't. She, no one around her likes her, but for this purpose it might be a ba- might not be a bad thing. <laughs> I, I have thought of one more guy that would be a pretty good uh, one more Simpsons character that would be a pretty good comic. The sarcastic bald guy with the mustache that's behind the counter at just about every store Homer goes to. <laughs> hey, that guy over there. 
that guy, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. They never named him in all those years. I, I, the name Raphael is mentioned a couple of times. Okay. Um, but I, I, I personally don't know how true that is. Uh, he, <laughs> but yeah, he's just so great. <laughs> uh, sure thing. You want to live in the storage unit? Sure. Would you like a wake-up jab? <laughs> um, but I guess I'll I'll throw a, a submission out there at who would be an interesting choice for stand-up comedy. I, you, you, I'd love to hear what you got, how you guys think he would perform on stage. But let's talk about Captain Jean-Luc Picard. I think that he would have a very highbrow humor. That might not appeal to a wide, wide audience, uh, in specifically in this state. Uh, but I would find it funny. I think it would be more like a droll humor. But it, I think it would be. I think he could be very funny. Okay. Uh. No. I you're mean, the, you're the trekkie man, trekker, I, I, whatever. Either one's fine. I accept either title. Thank you very much. Uh, Jean Luc Picard. Is one of is probably one of my favorite characters ever in television, but I don't know. I really don't know. He had that one line that killed it. Well, how did it go? Shut up, Wesley. Again, not intentional comedy. He never. He very rarely cracks a joke. And in fact, in the show, and in the show, when he smiles, it's usually a sign that he's been taken over by some sort of possessed demon or something. Uh, so I, I, I don't know. I think. I mean, obviously. He has gravitas. I think he'd be very good for being a professional storyteller. Uh, but I don't know if they'd be better comic. I, I feel like he'd be a better dramatic storyteller. So, as opposed to Captain Mercer from the Orville. Yeah, well, Seth MacFarlane. Is that show over yet? I'm <laughs> guessing you didn't like it. The first season's over. I never watched it. I don't know if it was good or not. But I oh, love it. It's great, yeah. Is it? I hate Star Trek, so I'll, I don't know. I guess Star Trek, I guess. So, um, it, this is my opinion as a fan of Star Trek. Uh, it is it is not a shameless, you know, rip of the show. It's not a it's not a satire where it takes cuts at it. It's actually more of a respectful parody of the show. It clearly he clearly respects the show, and and it shows by the way that the show is written. And I'll agree with that because I have absolutely grown to detest uh, Family Guy, American Dad, Cleveland Show, all uh, of those. Oh, now we're done. Yeah, I, well, I hate them now. I used to love Family Guy in the first few seasons before it was canceled, and then it was just the same tired routines over and over again. I love uh, Family Guy. I think it's still great. I think it's well, you are. I, I am glad you enjoy it. Somebody <laughs> has to. Uh or else Fox wouldn't keep showing it. But this, uh, so I went into the Orville with Trepidation because I've just grown tired of it. But it's actually really good. Yeah, it's um, definitely oh. an interesting mix of sentiment, uh, mix of different kinds of genres. I think. Uh, so, do you have any last-second choices before we wrap this thing up? Uh, what about Peter Vinkman? Excellent call. Excellent call. Caddyshack's my favorite film, and uh, that's kind of in the same vein with him and Vankman. Mm-hmm. Love it. I think he'd kill it. Oh, yeah. I think he would. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I have no reason to doubt that at all. 
Josh, any input? Peter Venkman would make an excellent choice. Uh, I think throughout uh, both of the Ghostbusters movies, he's consistently funny. And yeah. of course, yeah, Bill Bill Murray is a fantastic actor. I don't think you, can, you, you should never be allowed to put funny and Ghostbusters two in the same sentence ever. Oh, I I, I, I like Ghostbusters two. Ghostbusters 2 is a blight on our fair American society and should be thrown into a furnace fire so that future generations do not suffer the same tragedy I did watching that wonderful piece of garbage. I will completely agree in saying that it is far inferior to Ghostbusters 1. Um, and I, I would also say it's not that good of a movie, but it has it has its moments. And it I, I, will, I will stand by saying that Bill Murray is, is funny throughout that movie, too. Yeah, it has its moments when I turned it off and pulled the VCR tape out of it. Right. Fair, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> the movie was so, terrible, not even independently of the film, of the first one itself. It was just an, an egregious piece of garbage uh, as a film, just, you know, out of the uh, story itself of Ghostbusters. Okay. Awful. Let me right. ask this, because I have admittedly refused to watch the reboot. Have you watched it, and what are your thoughts on that? I have more value for my time than that. Thank you. Oh, yeah, there you go. Uh, yeah, I, you and Ed are in the exact same camp on that. Yep. Indeed. If they put it on Netflix for free, I wouldn't watch it. You want to hear something funny? I, I bought a couple, I don't know what I got. I, I, it was my Voodoo account. Somehow, some way, that film and others, like, I didn't order that. They're like, oh, we're giving you a free gift. I'm like, and I got the female Ghostbusters. I'm like, and I deleted it. Even for free, I got it. Like, nope, not happening. Nope. <laughs> And there you go, folks. So, Kevin, I want to thank you again for coming on the show. Uh, comics Watching Comics is, of course, on Amazon Prime and is something that all of our listeners should go watch. Uh, so, again, thank you very much for coming on Big Nerdy Questions. We sincerely appreciate it. Thanks again for having me, guys. It was a fun talk. I enjoyed it. Uh... Uh, Talking films and, uh, and and talking shop with you guys. Really, thank you so much for that. No problem. Thank you. And, of course, thank you, JP. Hey, and, absolutely. And, Ed, in the absence of Matt, you have a duty, sir, and a, an honor and a privilege in my famous words. Kill the Gungan! Well, Josh, Jar Jar's uh, comedy routine went over more poorly than originally anticipated. <laughs> Uh, at which point, after two minutes of unsuccessful uh, starts and stops to jokes, the entire crowd in the audience, consisting of one person who was paid to be there, rushed the stage and bludgeoned him to death with the stool he was sitting on. Sounds all right for a comedy show. Blunt force <laughs> trauma. And, of course, the trauma I'm referring to is for the person who had to sit through the show in the first place. So, well done, Ed. Jar Jar is dead once again. Uh, so, again, thank you, Kevin and JP and Ed. And we will be back again. Our, our next episode will be when we tackle civil rights and nerdy franchises. So, uh, it's actually <laughs> a really... Yeah, this has been a funny one. Our next one's a bit more serious. Uh, and we actually did real research for it. So, yeah, it's a, it's a long one. It'll be released in at least two parts, if not three We've got an interview with a very big uh, comic author uh, on this episode coming up with Callie. Uh, We've got talk about Trek. We've got talk about X-Men and uh, JP. Look at the history of animation. So we have a lot in that episode, and we can't wait to release it to you next week. So for Kevin, our special guest, JP and Ed, this is Josh saying good night and have a pleasant nerdy tomorrow. (laughs) 